Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Good morning, everybody. I'm really excited about this new sermon series. We met last Saturday, last Monday, actually. We met uh, the, the Pastor John and Pastor John, and I wasn't stuttering. There's two of them. They just spell it differently. Pastor John and Pastor John and I met, and we, we talked about this sermon series and, and, and what we were going to do to prepare for Lent. I mean, no, not that kind. What we were going to do to prepare for this season between now and Easter. You realize that there's six weeks to Easter? Six weeks. So we talked about what we we're going to do and, and, and where we are led. And Pastor John was led that we need to have something that, that reminds us of what Easter is and, and, and kind of leads us into that so, that so that we're prepared mentally, physically, and especially spiritually for the Easter season. So we came, he came up with this series of, of, of lessons. And I was blessed to be the, 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 the pastor that gets to lead this off. So it was a real blessing for me. I hope it's a blessing for you. I'm praying that it is. But it's a blessing for me to get to come up and kick off this series and introduce this to you. So please pray for me. I'm really excited about this. Pray for John when he preaches next week and Pastor John the week after. This is something that that we really feel strongly about, we've prayed about, and the Holy Spirit is really working in this. I can really feel it. So I'm hoping that you catch the Spirit as we bring it to you on these Sunday mornings between now and Easter. I was given uh, the opportunity to speak on prepare, the word prepare, and how, what does that mean when applied to this Easter season? How do we prepare for Easter? So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, if you want to get your, your Bibles, your iPads, your Android devices, or whatever it is you've got the Word of God on, out and have that open, I'm going to be reading extensively and working through... Uh, Exodus chapter 12, starting in verse 12, and the scripture will be up, be up behind me. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to skip around a little bit, but if you want to try to follow along with me, please do. We're going to be in Exodus 12, and we'll be talking about the Passover and what the relevance of the Passover is to our Easter season and the way that we should prepare for Easter. But before we do that, let me pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time. I thank you personally for the opportunity, even though it scares me to death sometimes, to stand up here before your people in love and share the word that you provided to us in love. Lord, I ask that you be with me today, that you build me up, that you fill me with your spirit, that the words that I say today are your words and not mine. They're coming from your word and from your spirit. Lord, I ask you to soften the hearts of all those that are here today and all those who will be hearing this message. Prepare the ground for the seed that your word can, can plant today. Lord, I ask that you, you bless this congregation of people who love you so much. They've gotten out this morning to come to be together, to fellowship together, to worship together, to hear your word preached in truth this morning. 
Lord, I ask for your, your blessings on this church body and the global church and all of those who are calling out to your name today. Give us your special peace and grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you would turn with me to Exodus chapter 12. Now, I'm not, not going to tell you, you even know this story, what Exodus means. You know, the, the, the people of Israel, or they're not Israel yet, well, the, people, the Hebrew people had been in bondage for 400 years in Egypt. Moses was called by God to free his people, to bring his people out. And I'm not going to go into the musical, let my people, no, anyway. Um, to bring the people out. So the, that's, that's the exodus. But before that occurred, there were, there, were the, the, there were the plagues. The last plague. And, and what were the plagues for? What was the intent? What was God trying to do? He was trying to show Pharaoh that he was not God. That God is God. And Pharaoh, being the most powerful man on earth, is still not God. So he brought locusts. He brought frogs. He brought blood. He brought darkness. He brought boils. He brought hail. He brought all these plagues upon Egypt. And all of these were designed to prove to Pharaoh his place in the universe, that God was God and Pharaoh was not. So the very last plague, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Through all these plagues, all this was happening to get Pharaoh's attention. And God has hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not believe until he got to this plague. And this is the plague of death, death of the firstborn. What's about to happen will get Pharaoh's attention, as it would all of ours. What is about to happen is the firstborn of Egypt, the people and the livestock, are going to die. They're going to be taken away. God, God is going to send the angel of death through the land and it's going to destroy the firstborn. Can you imagine that? What would you think if you woke up tomorrow morning and the firstborn of O'Fallon were all dead at your feet? What would you think of the firstborn of America were all dead at your feet? That was the, the plague that God sent upon Pharaoh. But before, before this plague, before this shadow of death came through the land, God prepared a plan. He had a plan in place. He had prepared before the beginning of time to protect his people. So that this plague, this plague of death, this, this, this brutal end of the firstborn would not touch his people. He had a plan. He prepared. And we call it the Passover. The angel of death passed over the people of Israel. And that's what we're going to talk about first. And we're going to, then we'll talk about how we can apply that to our lives and what it means to us. But first, let's, talk, let's set the background a little bit. Let's look at this, the scripture, starting in verse, 12, or verse 1 of Exodus 12. It said, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month is to be the beginning of months for you. It is the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on earth, the tenth day of this month, they must each select an animal of the flock according to their father's household, one animal per household. And then it goes on in the following verses to explain how they should select the animal, select that perfect lamb, and how they should prepare it, how, they should, how it should be cooked, and what they should do with it before morning, that there should be nothing left uneaten before morning. And they're to prepare it standing with their sandals on their feet and their robes tucked into their belts, ready to flee. 
That's what the Passover meal, that's how you should take the Passover, ready. You have to prepare for what's about to happen. In verse 6, it says, You are to keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel will slaughter the animals at twilight. They will take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintels of their homes where they are to eat them. Scripture tells us that they were to take hyssop, which is a, which is a, a plant that grows in the Middle East, and they are to dip the hyssop in the blood and they are to paint the doorposts of their homes and the lintel of their homes with the blood of the perfect sacrificed lamb. Think about this for a second. You've slain the lamb and you've drained his blood and the blood is in this, in this container. You take this hyssop, which makes a very poor paintbrush, and you paint it on the lintel and the doorpost of your home. What did that just do? You just painted a cross in blood on your door, right? Two doorposts and lintel. Does that look familiar? That's what they were to do, to mark the doorposts of their homes with the blood of the sacrificed lamb. And they are to eat the meat at that night. They should eat it roasted over the fire along with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Why unleavened bread? Because they didn't have time to wait for it to rise. They had to eat the bread as, it, as they mixed it. They had to mix the dough and they had to bake it. They didn't have time to wait for it to rise. So they didn't add leaven. They didn't add yeast to the bread. It was this hard cracker that they had to eat. Why? Because they're in a hurry. They have to be prepared to flee at a moment's notice. So they're to eat this unleavened. They're not to eat any of it. They do not eat any of it raw or cooked in boiling water, but only over roasting over fire. Its head as well as its legs and the inner organs. Do not let any remain until morning. You must burn up any part of that that does remain in the morning. Here is how you should eat it. You're dressed for travel, sandals on your feet, staff in your hand. You are to eat it in a hurry because it is the Lord's Passover. He told them to prepare themselves and he gave them instructions they could never forget. They told them to, to, to mark this. This is the beginning of your years. This is the beginning of everything for the, for the people of Israel. You must mark this. The Passover will be significant to the people of Israel to this day. You must remember what you've done here in the instructions that I've given you. Don't forget. Prepare for the Passover. Get ready. Pick out your lamb. Clean your house. Get rid of the leaven. Be prepared. They were to prepare themselves. And then they were instructed never to forget the Passover. It goes on in verse 14. It says, This day is to be a memorial for you. You must celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. You are to celebrate it throughout your generations as a permanent statute. You must eat unleavened bread for seven days. On the first day, you must remove yeast from your houses. Whoever eats what is leavened from the first day through the seventh day is to be cut off from Israel. Wow. I think God's serious. I don't think this is a suggestion. I think he says you're to remember this, and this is exactly how I, how I expect you to do it. And if not, you're to be cast out of the community. You're to be cut off from Israel. That meant death to them, to be cut off from Israel. You are to hold a sacred assembly on the first day and another sacred assembly on the seventh day. No work may be done in those days except for preparing for what the people need to eat. You may do only 
that. This is important. This is important. We have to remember why we're doing this and what this means and what the Passover meant to the people of Israel. Guess what? He's giving these instructions and it hasn't happened yet. He's telling them, this is how I want you to prepare for the Passover. And I'm telling you that what's about to happen is going to be fundamental to who you are as the Hebrew people. It's going to become the center of everything in the Hebrew community. From now on until the end of time, you are to remember and, and, and mark this day. And this is how I anticipate that you will do that. It's that important. It hasn't happened yet. They don't, the people don't really understand. They don't have hindsight like we do. They didn't understand why the, God was giving His command and what it really meant. But they were about to find out. God goes on in verse 24. He said, keep this command permanently as a statute for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, you are to observe this ritual. Why? Verse 26, when your children ask you, what does this ritual mean to you? You are to reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, and he struck the Egyptians and spared our homes. So the people bowed and worshipped. Then the Israelites went and did this. They did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. It's pretty heavy stuff. And you're saying, okay, that's great. I'm not Hebrew. What's this mean to me? Why should I care? Easter's only six weeks away. Six weeks. The, the groundhog came out and he said we'd have six more weeks. I, I don't care. Easter is six weeks away. And what do we do? Do we need to get ready? Is there something we should do to prepare for Easter? Why is Easter significant? I mean, we've got six weeks. It doesn't take, long, take that long to buy that new dress. Or to color the eggs. Or to buy those nasty little peeps. That, that little, the little pile of sugar with a beak on it. Those things are the nastiest things on earth. And, and, and thank the Lord we only have them around Easter. Alright? It doesn't take that long to prepare for Easter. Not the way we do it. Because we don't even color the eggs anymore. We buy the plastic ones. And, and, and we've got this bunny, right? And this bunny comes hopping down the trail and we pick up the stuff and put it in. I, I don't know. I, I don't get all that. What any of that has to do with Easter. But it's tradition. So we prepare for Easter. I, I watch every year we do this. I watch Mayer, and I don't, I don't get involved because this is a, a woman thing. But I watch Mayer. She puts together Easter baskets, right, for me and for all the grandkids. And they've got candy and they've got bunnies and they've got fake grass and they've got all this stuff. And I'm saying, where's the blood of the lamb? Where's the Passover in that? Because isn't that what Easter is? Easter is not... Okay, there's nothing wrong with those traditions. I've got no problem with, with Easter eggs and bunnies and, you know, all that stuff. Unless it's a distraction from what Easter really is. Right? So if you want to have eggs and bunnies and all that stuff, knock yourself out. The problem I have is when that becomes more important than what Easter really should mean to us. And that's what we're going to talk about. 
Now, I know that we understand at some level we should be prepared for Easter. I think every one of us as Christians realize that Easter is significant and that maybe there's something we should do to prepare for Easter. But before we can really understand what the significance of Easter is, we have to know what it is. We have to understand Easter and why Easter is important. Is it just another day on the church calendar? We expect to have a special service on Easter, and I know that Pastor John's going to prepare for Easter. He's going to have a special service for that morning, and he's going to talk about what Easter is and what it means and, and the, 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 you know, the, the life and, and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Easter is one of those holidays where the submarine Baptists come out. They surface at Easter and Christmas, and the rest of the year they're submerged. We call them creasters. Easter is one of those days when we're going to pack the church out. That's the plan, right? We want to get as many people in here on Easter Sunday as we possibly can because we're going to preach the word of God to them. We're going to put the gospel in their hearts, hopefully. We're at least going to put it out to their ears. If it makes that 18-inch trip to their hearts, it's not really up to us. But we're going to put it out there. We want to have a special service on Easter because Easter is important. Why is Easter important? Is it just another Sunday? No. I just read the instructions for the Passover, where the angel of death passed over the people of God. Easter is our Passover. Think about it. Easter is our Passover. Now, do we celebrate the Passover as Christians? No. We are going to have a Seder meal, by the way, buy a ticket. But... Um, we are going to have a Seder meal and we're going to discuss what Passover means and how Christ is in it. And everything about the Passover is symbolic of Christ and the sacrifice that he made. But we don't celebrate Passover. We don't have the, the, the festival of the unleavened bread. Now, you know, what the, you know what the Hebrew people do to prepare for this? They go into their homes on the first day of that week and the women go into the home, and they clean the house from top to bottom. They clean the attic. They clean the basement. They clean the air vents. They clean the toaster, all those little crumbs that get down in the bottom of the toaster. They clean out the microwave, right? They clean out the refrigerator. They go through the house, and they, try, they are trying to be absolutely certain that there is no yeast anywhere in the house because yeast is leaven, and leaven is symbolic of sin. So they're trying to clean the house. They're getting everything out of the house and they're trying to make sure there is absolutely no leaven anywhere in the house because of what I just read you. It's important. They take it that seriously. But they, this tradition, they leave a little crumb behind on purpose where their husband, who comes along behind them and inspects with the white glove, the house to make sure there's no leaven. The husband has to certify the house Passover ready. So he'll go through the house and he'll, he'll look everywhere, knowing that it's perfect, until he finds the little crumb that he knows his wife left for him. He takes, he takes a handkerchief and a feather, and he scoops that little crumb off into the handkerchief, or into a wooden spoon, I'm sorry, scoops it off into a wooden spoon, and then he wraps the wooden spoon in the handkerchief, and he takes it to the temple, when they had a temple, and it's burned sacrificially. That's to signify that there's no leaven in their home. 
for that week of un, un, the festival of the unleavened bread. They take it that seriously. Well, now the temple's not there, so they take it to the synagogue. But that's how seriously they take it. They're getting ready for the Passover. Easter is our Passover. Easter is the day that the promise of Christmas becomes proof of the faithfulness of God. Got that? We make a big party out of Christmas. How many, I mean, we start preparing. People, I guarantee you, there are some of you that are buying for next Christmas already. Right? We prepare for Christmas. We have Black Friday. We have all, we prepare for Christmas. And we should. We should prepare for Christmas. It's important. But remember this. Christmas did not save us. Got it? Christmas is important, but Christmas did not save us. Christmas was the day that God inserted his deity into the earth. That was the day that God became man to fulfill the promise made in Genesis 3.15. Christmas is important. God came to earth and put on human flesh and became like us. He left behind his godly attributes to become a little less than the angels. He became like us. He became a man just like us. Jesus Christ really is, oh, it didn't say was, I said is, a man in flesh. That was the day. So it's important. It's important what Christmas is. That was the promise that not only a child would be given, but the child would be a savior. Easter is the fulfillment of that promise. Easter is the Passover for all the nations, not just the Hebrews in captivity in Egypt, but all men everywhere. All the slaves are set free by Easter. All the slaves, all of us that are slaves to sin and death are set free by Easter. This is the day that death was conquered and made powerless forever. That's the Passover for us, the death will pass over us now. No longer has power over us. It's been conquered forever. That's what Easter is. Easter is tragedy and joy. It's life to death to new life. The end of life and the beginning of an eternal kingdom. Death and rebirth, judgment and condemnation placed by, replaced by grace and everlasting life. Because why? Why do you think? Because the Lamb has come. The blood was spilt and the doorposts of our hearts are painted with the, with the redemption of Jesus Christ. Death passes over us now. When you accept Jesus Christ and, and, and the Holy Spirit enters you, the doorposts of your heart are painted with the blood of the Lamb. The perfect Lamb. The cross has been emblazoned, emblazoned on your heart. You're forever marked as His, and the angel of death will pass over you. Easter is our Passover. This is the center of the Christian faith. Without Easter... We've got nothing. Without Easter, everything we do is empty and hollow 
and useless. Without Easter, there can be no redemption from sin. There can be no sanctification. There can be no glorification. Without Easter, we're doomed. Pretty heavy. It's not about bunnies, is it? It's not about eggs. It's about Christ. It's about the sacrifice of the perfect lamb. It's about the doorpost of our, of our hearts being marked with the blood of the perfect lamb. That's what Easter is. The rest of that stuff is okay. But that is what Easter is. Because the lamb has come. The lamb has come. So how do we get ready for the lamb? Just as the Hebrews did and still are preparing for the Passover, we should be preparing ourselves for the Passover, for our Passover. Jewish people all over the world still observe the Passover. What do they do? Like I, like I said, they clean. They clean their homes. They make sure there's no leaven anywhere in their homes. They prepare their homes for the Passover as a remembrance of the original Passover. They prepare. They pray. They used to travel to Jerusalem to sacrifice the perfect lamb in the temple until the Romans destroyed the temple. And they still grieve the loss. They pick out the lamb that would, would die to they picked out the lamb that would die to save them. They did it they did it all this this way then. Somewhat different now. This is what Jesus was doing in Matthew 26, the scripture that Pastor John read earlier. He was preparing for the Passover. He was getting ready to celebrate the Passover as he was commanded by God to do. But he went farther than that. Jesus took the Passover service, the Passover ordinances, the Seder. Seder means organized. He took this very structured ceremonial meal and he fulfilled it. He completed it. He said, see this cup? This cup that we use to symbolize the death of the firstborn? This is the cup of redemption. This is my blood. I'm fulfilling that. He took the bread. He said, see this bread? This unleavened bread that we, that we break and we eat to signify the, the, the Passover, to celebrate the Passover and remember, this is me. I'm the lamb. This is my body. When you eat this, remember why you're doing this. Remember the Passover, but remember the new Passover because I am about to bring a new Passover into the world. When we take communion... We're celebrating the Passover of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. It's the Passover celebration, but it's now aimed at the Lamb of God instead of the Lamb of the flock. He is preparing for Passover. That's what Jesus was doing. But he made it so much more. He made it so much more. But that was then. How do we prepare for Passover? We're not going to go out and pick out a lamb to sacrifice all that has been 
has been put to an end by the ultimate sacrifice. We're not, we're not going to ritually clean our homes and make sure not a speck of leaven remains in our houses. That's also been put to an end by the fulfillment of the law. What then are we to prepare? How about this? What if we prepare a place for the Passover lamb in our hearts instead of our homes? What about that? What if we pick out the perfect lamb to save us from the lamb that was slain? We just sang a song to the lamb that was slain. That's the perfect lamb for our Passover. And his name is Jesus. What if we clean the leaven from our hearts and we clean house? Make sure that the sin that besets us is gone when the lamb arrives. What about that? And you're asking me, how do we do that? How do we clean our hearts? How do we prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lamb? How do we do that? Let me show you. It looks something like this. It looks something like that. That's how we prepare for the coming of the Lamb. Now, this position is not significant. Do you have to pray on your knees? No. Does God hear your prayers if you're sitting in a chair? Yes. But it's symbolic of lowering ourselves and humbling ourselves and giving ourselves up to God and saying, God, I am yours. Cleanse me. Abraham Lincoln once said, I am often driven to my knees by the the realization I've got no place else to go. That's how you get ready for the coming of the Lamb. You clean house. You open all those doors. Now, when you became a son of God or or a daughter of God, when you accepted Christ into your heart, you were indwelled with the Holy Spirit. We believe that. That God now lives in us. But guess what? Sometimes we put Him in the guest room and He doesn't have access to the rest of the house. Because that's where we keep the things we don't want people to see. I do that. Small group meets at my house on Friday. Sometimes there's some doors that are shut. Because that room's not ready for people to see. Do we do that to God? Do we close off little parts of our heart and say, God, you're, you're welcome to that part over there. You leave this over here alone. I've got that door shut. Don't be peeking around that door. Because there's things in there that I don't really want you to know about. There's leaven in there. My house isn't clean. Now, if you want to come to my physical house, knock yourself out. My house probably isn't inspection perfect all the time. My heart isn't either. If God, if, if the Holy Spirit were to do a white glove inspection of my house looking for leaven, he wouldn't find a crumb. He'd find a whole bakery. <laughs> he would need a great big wooden spoon to scrape all that stuff up. Right? How do we prepare for the coming of the Lamb? We prepare by opening our hearts and opening those doors and letting the light shine in the places where light has not shone sometimes for decades. And it illuminates all that sin that's in there. And then we clean it out. That's how we get ready for Easter. We, we open up, how, we clean house. We make sure that sin is not in our heart. We no longer prepare on the outside for the Passover. But I suggest that we need to prepare for the Passover on the inside. 
Because Easter is the culmination of God's redemptive plan. So how do we prepare? We prepare with self-examination. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself, and this way he should eat the bread and drink the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Paul was warning us not to celebrate the Passover, the communion service, in an unworthy manner. We still have leaven in our hearts. Hmm. We should examine ourselves and make sure that we're clean before we come to the table. If we're hungry, we should eat before we come. Meaning we need to prepare. We need to take care of all of this. When we come to the communion table, we should be clean. All the leaven's gone. We do that with prayer. We do that with praise. We do that with worship. We have to build ourselves up spiritually. We've got six weeks before Easter. We've got to start now cleaning house. We've got to build ourselves up spiritually. How do we do that? We pray. We praise. We worship. We use this time to study. Get in the Word. Now, you notice, you may have noticed, that I, when I preach, I bring my Bible up, and it sits here. I don't use it, because I've got the Scripture in my notes. But it's here. The power is here. Do I believe that the power of the Word is on this, on, is on this lectern, because this book is sitting here? Yes, I do. If nothing else, I can look at it, and I can remind myself that this is the complete Word of God, and that... I can draw power from it. I can get confidence from it. I pray that I'm preaching what's in here. But it's here. Study the Word. Get into the Word. It's your communication with God. That's where your power comes from. That's where your understanding comes from. The Holy Spirit will illuminate the Word for you. We've got to get in the Word. We've got to build ourselves up. I, I, I encourage you to pick up and use a devotional in this time between now and Easter, that will remind you what Easter really is. Now, the, the, pastor, the other pastors and I are working through a study called the 40 Days of Lent. And it's, it takes just a few minutes every day. But it steps us through what it means, what the Lenten season really means, and what it's all about. So I encourage you to find a devotional that will remind you what Easter really means. Okay, how about giving up something for Lent? Now, that's not, a, that's not a philosophy that you hear a whole lot in the Baptist church. Giving up something for Lent. Why did the Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, why do they do that? Why do they give up something for Lent? Because it's a reminder of what Easter is. It keeps their focus on what Easter is. The, the object is to pick out something, whether it be meat or, or whatever, that is really dear to you. Something that will really be a sacrifice if you do without it for the next 40 days. That might be video games, guys. It might be your cell phone. 
Something that you would really miss. So that every time you miss that, you go, oh, yep, that reminds me. Easter's coming. What does Easter mean? So it's not a bad idea. It's not a mandate. But it's not a bad idea. It serves as a reminder of what we're waiting for. Fast, if that helps. You need to make a more concerted effort to be spiritual. To pray more. To study more. To devote yourself to this time between now and Easter. To building yourself up in God. You need to praise God often for your many blessings. Especially the blessings of salvation. So the praise team wants to come on up. I'm just about done. So what does it mean? First, we have to realize what Easter is. We have to build ourselves up in the knowledge that Easter is a celebration of the true Passover, the final Passover, the Passover that saved all of us, all mankind, for all time. Not just the slaves in Egypt, but the slaves in all the earth. We're not slaves of the Egyptians, but we're slaves to sin. And we're slaves to death until the Passover. And that Passover came on that early spring morning in a faraway place called Jerusalem when a lamb was sacrificed. A perfect lamb was sacrificed. And the blood of that lamb was spilled. And that blood became the way back to God. The long-awaited return to God came from the wounds of that perfect sacrifice. Once that sacrifice becomes real, when you accept the sacrifices of sacrifice for you and make it your own, then God's hand paints the blood of the Lamb on your doorpost. And then the spirit of death recognizes you for who you are. That you're one of his. That you belong to the land. And passes away. That's what Easter is. Easter is the Passover of the perfect land. So you have to ask yourself, where am I in all of this? Is the blood of the Lamb on my heart? Is my, is my, am I prepared for the coming of the Lamb? Are all the doors open and all that sin exposed? That's what we need to ask ourselves. So if every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'd like to take this few minutes to ask you to examine yourself. Bamble place softly. Are the doorposts of your homes painted with the of your heart painted with the blood of the Lamb? Are you prepared to be passed over for death? Have you cleaned house? That's what the Passover means. That's what Easter means. To prepare between now and Easter is to prepare your heart for the coming of the Lamb. 
make sure that you're ready. Because one day, the spirit of death will approach you. And he's only going to look for one thing. He's not going to look for the work you've done. He's not going to look for the money you gave. He's not going to look for your church membership. He's not going to look at your baptism record. He's not going to look at your bank account. He's not going to look at your degrees. He's not going to look at anything except as the blood of the Lamb painted on your heart. If you're here this morning and the blood of the Lamb is not painted on your heart, if you are not one of those that have believed and called on Jesus Christ to be your Savior, when the spirit of death approaches you, he will not recognize you for who you are. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not preaching fire and brimstone, hell and damnation. I'm preaching the truth and the word of God. The blood of the Lamb needs to be on your heart. If you haven't done that, today is the day to do that. Because the Lamb is coming. We don't know when. It could be today. You must be prepared for that Passover. For that Easter. And if you're not, today is the day to do business with God. And you do that by praying, opening up your heart, recognizing that you're a sinner and saying, God, I need a Savior. So you pray something like, Lord Jesus, I know who I am. I've recognized that I am not one of yours, that my heart is not painted with the blood of the Lamb. And I ask you to become real to me, become my Savior, become my God. I put my belief in you, I put my faith in you. And I'm willing to accept the free gift of grace. Tell me, be my God. And that's all it takes. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family. Welcome to the blood of the Lamb painted on the doorpost of your heart. Some of us have prayed that prayer years ago. Some of us many decades ago. But we've still got those rooms that we don't allow people in. We've still got those dark corners that have not been cleaned in years. We've still got places we don't want the Holy Spirit to see. So I pray, Lord, that you would move in the hearts of those people. All of us. Move in all of our hearts and, and, and bring us the spirit of self-examination so that we can look into those dark corners. We can shine your light into the darkness and we can sweep up and clean up make those rooms ready for you. So Lord, those of us that have been yours for so long that may have crept away or slipped away, have these dark places in our hearts, Lord, we ask that you clean us and cleanse us and make us pure again. Make us holy again. Bring us closer to your home again. Let us remember what Easter really is and who you really are. Lord, I ask that you be with all of these that are here today that are hearing your words spoken. They understand and it, it becomes real to them what Easter really means. It's not the eggs, it's not the bunnies. It's you hanging on a cross on a stony hill shedding your perfect blood for us so that death can pass over us. Lord, I ask that you convince us, that you make this real to us, that you open our hearts to what you would have us be this time. Help us to remember and commemorate what Easter is between now and then as we prepare for that solemn day, a day of joy, a day of triumph, a day of tears. 
Lord, I ask that you go with us as we leave here. Guard our hearts and bring us out into this fallen world as cities on a hill and lamps on a lampstand. That we can bring more people to the realization of who you are based on who we are. Lord, I ask for your special blessings on all that are here. I ask for your special blessings on all those who are calling your name everywhere in the world today. I ask all these in the name of the fallen, slain Lamb who was resurrected from death and triumphed over death and sin forever. Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.